to the Lord. But, you know, then, you know, when you get a choir full of people, you know, it just gets even that much greater. And then a big choir, you know, is just sometimes just unbelievable. What a joyful noise and the harmony. And, you know, we, that's, that's harmony with our human frail voices right now. Can you imagine a choir of billions and billions of people singing at one time, making a joyful noise and praising God and, and thanking Him. That's that's going to be a good, great time to look forward to. We've got a lot to look forward to. We get, we do, we get discouraged sometimes in this life. A lot of these heartaches get us, get us down. But man, one of these days, won't be any of this anymore, and it'll just be uh, eternity, praising Christ and uh, uh, living and uh, loving on one another and loving on him and so it's it's just going to be a great great time and i'm thankful aren't you thankful that god provided a way that we could have that hope and have that opportunity you know, he didn't have to do that he did not have to do that and uh, as it's often often said and uh, we're not deserved of that are we you know people ask me a lot of times you know when people ask me said how you doing my response is better than I deserve, and sometimes, you know, you say that maybe without even thinking about it, but, you know, when you really think about it, you know, we don't deserve heaven. We don't even deserve the, the life that we've got on this earth, but God was gracious, and his love was so great uh, that uh, he sent his only begotten son to this earth so that we might be able to be reconciled back to him uh, after Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, broke that fellowship, that perfect fellowship that man had with, with God. You know, it didn't take long. To, I don't know how long, I don't know how many years that they, uh, if it was years or hundreds of years or thousands of years, I don't know how long they lived before that uh, uh, they made that disastrous decision that affected all of us. But uh, uh, it's... Uh, it's just amazing that God, after they did that, and after man treated his son the way that, that we did, that he still you know, shows favor on us. Unworthy people like us, but he does, and I'm, I'm thankful for that. Uh, hope you are as well. Pastor, are you ready? All right, we'll turn it over to our pastor at this time. appreciate uh, your presence most of all I appreciate his presence uh, surely the presence of the Lord is in his house I tell you what I just uh, really enjoyed myself earlier today felt like God blessed us and uh, if nothing else uh, boy I sure did appreciate those testimonies and people talking about what the Lord had done for them this week and just how blessed you know the, the truth of the matter is friend uh, probably none of us realized just how blessed we really are. Uh, you say, if someone were to ask you tonight, yeah, how are you doing in life? You know, um, there's a lot of things we could say, but probably the best thing you can say is I'm blessed. Amen? Uh, and I'll tell you, one of the, I think one of the, the worst uh, disgraces that God's people could, could uh, show towards the Lord is to be people known for complaining. And just, uh, you know, poor-mouthing. Listen, I don't have anything to, to poor-mouth about. 
God's been good to me. You say, preacher, do you have everything in life you want? No. Uh, but more than likely, there's some things in life that I'd like to have that uh, God probably knows I don't need. And whereas I think they'd be for my benefit, God knows that they'd actually be uh, to my detriment. Uh, so uh, what I do believe is that I have what I need. I have everything I need. Uh, you say, how do you know? Well, I have Jesus. And if I have Christ, I have everything I need. So um, everything else is icing on the cake. So God's been good. We're blessed. And right here on Sunday night, the last uh, Sunday of uh, October, we can gather, on, gather in his house tonight, not to celebrate uh, an occult holiday, but to worship our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? So I'm glad I'm here tonight. Hope you are as well. Uh, I will say this by way of announcement. believe we will go ahead and pull the trigger and say that... Uh, Next Sunday morning, we will resume uh, our adult Sunday school class. And uh, amen, still pondering on the children. Uh, so um, amen, we just got to make sure we've got uh, resources in place to, to have them taken care of. But we're not going to let the devil defeat us. We're going to keep moving forward for Jesus. Amen. So we will start our Sunday school ministry back, our adult Sunday school ministry back next Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m., so you remember that, and who knows, we may make an announcement about the kids on Wednesday, so we'll just pray. Uh, I believe God's uh, still got things in store for United Baptist Church, don't you? Uh, amen, no doubt about it, the devil's fought too hard, uh, and he's not going to get the last word, but I believe God's going to, uh, amen, turn, take our valley and turn it into a victory, and uh, when it's all said and done, nobody will be able to take the credit for it but him. So, uh, amen. Praise the Lord. Do appreciate you. Uh, just by way of prayer request, uh, let's continue to mention those that uh, were referred to earlier this morning. Uh, again, pray for L.B. Niece. Continue to remember Miss um, Denise, uh, her uh, grandmother uh, in prayer. Continue to remember her. Also, um, uh, continue to remember uh, Miss Nancy Chapman in prayer. Uncle Kenny wanted us to pray for him. Miss Cheryl. Davis, pray for Eddie Bailey and Trevor Knight. Uh, these were a few that were mentioned uh, this morning. Certainly continue to remember to pray for the nation of Israel. Uh, pray for our community here in Greenville, uh, our nation. Pray for churches of like faith. And let's just pray, Lord, put a hedge about united, amen. And God will unite us together uh, to do a great work for his name. Anything that you'd like to add to the prayer list tonight, you can do so at this time. Amen. Remember Mark and Lisa Davis. Somebody else tonight. Remember John Morgan in prayer? Someone else? Pray for services tonight. I request your prayers as I preach. Uh, I had a few comments. Boy, preacher, we're not used to getting out this early this morning, and uh, it was after 12, so. But uh, you might not get that uh, fortunate tonight. Amen. So. Listen, I count it a blessing, um, uh, amen, but uh, 
uh, excited about the message tonight. I believe God's put us just exactly where we need to be. Any other prayer needs this evening? I would ask you to continue to remember the ark ministries in prayer as God just continues to, uh, I think we could uh, rightly say tonight that our cup's overflowing. Is that right? <laughs> Amen. But pray for Mary and Holly and Linda and all those. Uh, pray for me because i got to put up, you know, the rooster's got to put up with all them hens. Hallelujah. And that can be a challenge sometimes. Uh, but uh, amen uh, just believe God uh, God wants to use that ministry and let's just pray that his will would be done in all things we'll gather around the altar and we'll take these requests for the Lord if you'd like to join us you can do so if not pray there in your seats please I'll lead us tonight Father in heaven we love you God, we thank you, Lord, for this uh, chance we have to come into your presence. Uh, on this uh, Sunday morning, Father, thank you, Lord, for how you blessed already today. Lord, we're not satisfied with what you have done. Lord, we just believe, uh, God, that, uh, uh, Lord, uh, we need something tonight. Father, we need, uh, Lord, uh, a refueling and a refilling and a recharging uh, of our spiritual batteries. Lord, I pray that we be challenged, God. Tonight, not by anything that I say, but through what your word tells us. And, uh, oh God, tonight, Father, I'm thankful, Lord, for uh, the opportunity we do have to serve you and to live our lives in obedience, God, to your name. Uh, Father, help us to set our face as a flint. Help us not to be discouraged or allow us to, to ourselves to be defeated. But, Lord, help us, God, just to press on for you. Uh, Lord, have that grit and that determination, God, that we will not allow ourselves to be easily influenced or swayed or led astray, carried away by every wind of doctrine. Oh, God, tonight I pray, Lord, uh, Father, that you would just, uh, uh, Lord, have your will and your way in our service tonight. Lord, we, we're unworthy, we're undeserving. God, nothing about us, God, uh, Father, but it's all about you, God, uh, move in a mighty way tonight as we uh, share your truth and, uh, Lord, preach your word, God, I pray, Father, Lord, that you bless the music, the, the uh, offering, the invitation, God, the, uh, Lord, the prayer request, everything, Lord, that's said and done tonight, God, we're in honor and glory tonight, and, Lord, bless every request that's been mentioned, God, those who are sick, those who are hurting, uh, God, those who especially stand in need tonight, Father, we pray again for the nation of Israel, Lord, for all the crises going on around the world, God, uh, God, move on behalf of your people, God, vindicate your name, uh, and God, uh, Lord, make a liar out of the devil, God, we ask you to do that, uh, God, uh, Lord, bless our church, God, Lord, we just still work uh, for us to do. Uh, God, we believe, Father, that you, uh, uh, God, that you ordained this place. Lord, you set this church on this parcel of property many years ago. And, Father, we just believe that uh, by the grace of God, the best is yet to come. So, Lord, uh, do that. Oh, Lord, we're going to praise you tonight for what, what takes place even amongst your people uh, uh, as we've sung thy word. We ask it all, God, believing by faith in Jesus.
Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Dad, will you uh, lead us? We'll take our Sunday night offering at this time. You give us the Lord would have you to. Dad, lead us in prayer over the offering. Lord, we love you. Ask you to take this offering to you, Dad. But again, thank you for what seems to be given tonight as well as we receive this offering. Dad, we pray uh, that whatever is given tonight, Dad, that uh, you would anoint it, bless it, God, and use it in the way that you would see fit. We pray for extra service, such as Nancy's God, that she would be receptive to it. Did you have a word for us on that tonight? That's all right. Amen. She was playing a song that I love uh, earlier, and I'll sing it. You can turn with me, if you will, to, uh, what did you say, 556. 556. I'm thankful for the day that I met the Master, aren't you? Amen. Anybody who meets the Lord, they'll never be the same, and I do. I uh, love this song, so uh, you pray for me tonight as I do my best to sing it. Caroline, mute the pulpit mic, please. Like a babe when it cries for its mother like a child i was helpless alone then i met the master now i am one of his own for all things were changed when he found me a new day broke through all around me thank god for i met the Master, now I belong to Him. Like a 
blind man who walks in the darkness. I had longed, I had searched for the light. Then I met the Master. Now I walk no more in the night. For all things were changed when he found me. And a new day broke through all around me. Thank God. For I met the Master, now I belong to Mosey Lister, the great hymn writer, wrote that song. Do you remember the day that you met the Master, church? Amen. Amen. What a blessing. All right, somebody else have something for us tonight? A song, testimony, something on your heart, you mind the Lord tonight? Amen. God been good to you. Nobody blessed tonight. Amen. It's true. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. It could always be worse. <laughs> no doubt about it. Somebody else this evening. That's right.
spring, this Sunday morning, last Sunday morning when I got up, I was hurting all down my back of my leg, even down my feet. And that hurt all week long. My goodness, but I, had I done something that God punished me for, well, then I thought, well, maybe he's keeping me from something. Because <laughs> I usually, when we go to the beach, I walk miles and miles up and down that beach every day. never know. I just look at it as God keeping us from something. I look at it as a, as a blessing rather than, than something negative. I look at it as chastisement myself. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That's right. Amen. That's right. Praise God. Amen. I think God's trying to tell you something, man. That's all. Amen. <laughs> yeah, Praise the Lord. Somebody else tonight, God been good to you. You got something? Okay. Uh, maybe. Is it in the book? Just use the CD.
we'll just let them sing it. Each day I go, I feel His presence in everything I do. I know that His hands keep me safe.
had the CD instead of the accompaniment that they sing way better than I sing anyway. But the words to that song are true every time. Samuel, chapter number five. I tell you, it's amazing what the Lord does and how that, to be honest with you, I struggled quite a bit this afternoon trying to determine <clears throat> just exactly where the Lord would have us to be this evening, but yet, like He always does, uh, the Lord came through, and and um, tonight's message just really fits like a glove to what we talked about this morning. And um, I'm thankful for the faithfulness of God tonight, aren't you? And um, you know, I know overall God's faithfulness to us. Uh, Bible says. In the New Testament, that um, uh, even when we're faithless, He's still faithful. Amen. And I'm uh, uh, anyway. I'm not sure that's exact wording, but that's the gist of the story. <laughs> when we're faithless, He's still faithful. Yet, when it comes to some situations, um, the promises that He makes are conditional. There's a difference between a conditional and an unconditional covenant or promise that God's made, God makes to us. And what that means is that God's willingness to do for us what He's promised to do depends upon our willingness to keep up our end of the deal. And uh, God will do what He says. God will do His part, but a lot of times we, want to, we, we expect Him to do it all. And we have responsibilities too as it relates to uh, our spirituality and um, uh, amen. One thing about it, where you're at tonight spiritually, um, you know, if you want to look at the reason why, just go find a mirror. And that'll tell you everything you need to know about why you are where you're at spiritually speaking. Now, there may be some underlying reasons or some things that uh, have happened, but you know, um, uh, ultimately, we're our own culprit. And even the devil, you know, a lot of times we say, well, the devil made me do it. No, he may have had a hand in it, but you uh, had the choice whether or not to give in to him. Uh, or as the Bible says, when we resist uh, the devil, he'll flee from us. And um, so I can't blame my, my brother, my sister. I can't even blame Satan for my spiritual condition this evening. Amen. So... Uh, with the Lord's help tonight, uh, we're going to share some thoughts with you from 2 Samuel chapter number 5. 
as this is very, very early on in the reign of David as king. Uh, amen. I'm sure you remember how that David spent many, many years uh, after Samuel had anointed him and promised him that he would be uh, king over Israel. But that promise did not come to fruition immediately or instantly, but it took time. In fact, there was a time when Saul uh, turned on David and David uh, became an exile and he spent many, many years on the run. He was on uh, Saul's most wanted list. He had a bounty out on his head. And David had to patiently wait on God. But when it was all said and done, God did just exactly what He said He would do. And David did become king and over Israel. And at the beginning of chapter number 5, we find, uh, and, and this is interesting too, how that um, David and his men, his mighty men, they conquered Jerusalem. They kicked the Jebusites out of the city, praise God. And it's interesting the way they did it is that they ran, uh, they, 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 um, they snuck through, uh, a, um, uh, what, would, what am I trying to say, a conduit, so to speak, or a water, um, yes, thank you, an aqueduct, a water something, <laughs> hallelujah. They did, and, and, and you can still go today, I was watching, I love to watch YouTube, and you can go today, I um, uh, found this thing, these, these folks that, that visit the Holy Land and, and, you know, spend time. You can find what they believe to be the very same um, aqueducts and, and, and water systems which David and his men snuck through uh, in order to capture the city. Isn't that amazing how that God's Word uh, is faithful historically, geographically, you name it, scientifically, I mean, you'll never find a, uh, a, uh, a contradiction in the Word of God. Uh, amen. God's Word, if there's a contradiction, it's not, on the, it's not the Bible's fault. It's, it's on the fault of science or history or geography. Amen. You want the most reliable account of what's happened in this world, you just read God's Word. And it'll tell you everything you need to know. Amen. We don't need to manipulate it. We don't need to try to conform the Bible to science. No, you need to conform science to the Word of God. Uh, we don't need to conform the, 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 um, the, amen, the Word of God to man's interpretation of history. No, we need to interpret history according to what the Bible says. And we could go on archaeologically and geographically, all of these things. Uh, amen. If, you, if you'll study it out uh, in a non-biased manner, uh, God's Word fits like a glove. Amen. They've not been able to disprove it yet. And let me promise you, they've done everything they possibly could to try to do so. They've never found a smoking gun. They never will. Amen. God's Word is accurately accurate. It's dependable and it's reliable in every shape and form. Do you believe that tonight? If I didn't, I wouldn't be here. Amen. The reason I'm here tonight is because I believe the Bible. Amen. And I'm going to continue to believe it. Amen. Because it's going to stand when the world's on fire. Hallelujah. 2 Samuel chapter number 5, verse number 17. But when the Philistines heard. See, this is a, uh, amen. Okay, like I said, what I didn't say, you have Israel or David's conquering of Jerusalem in the first part of chapter number 5. Amen. And then in chapter number 6, 
you find that David succeeded in moving the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem. So two great victories, or we might refer to them as mountaintop experiences in David's life. Amen. He conquered Jerusalem. He was uh, successful in bringing the Ark of the Covenant, which represented the presence of God into uh, uh, the city of Jerusalem. But right in between those two mountains, what do we find? A valley. Amen. And that's just the way life is. But let's begin reading in verse number 17 of 2 Samuel chapter number 5. If you found your place, say amen tonight. But when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king and over Israel, all the Philistines came up to seek David. And David heard of it, and he went down unto the hold. And we'll talk about that in a minute. The Philistines also came and spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim. And by the way, I'll just go ahead and, and give it to you now. The valley, the valley of Rephaim means the valley of weeping. The valley of weeping. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up to the Philistines? Wilt thou deliver them into mine hand? And the Lord said unto David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into thine hand. And David came to Belperazim, and David smote them there, and said, The Lord hath broken forth. Uh, God gave David a breakthrough. How many of you need a breakthrough tonight? Amen. Upon mine enemies before me as the breach of waters. We're going to see how to obtain a breakthrough in your life spiritually. And amen, it doesn't come by some hocus pocus uh, of the charismatic crowd. Can I get a witness? Amen. You don't need deliverance in order to get a breakthrough. Amen. You got Jesus. If you're saved by God's grace, you're, you've got everything you need in order to obtain breakthrough spiritually in your life. Therefore he called the name of that place Baal Perizim, and there they left their images. That's important. If you want breakthrough, you've got to get rid of some things. And David and his men burned them, and the Philistines came up yet again. Notice he didn't put them in the closet. He didn't put them in a secret room, but he made sure he got rid of them once and for all. Can I get a witness tonight? And they came up yet again and spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim. Same place. And when David inquired of the Lord, he said, Thou shalt not go up, but fetch a compass behind them. How many of you are thankful God's give us a compass? Yeah, man. And come upon them over against the mulberry trees. And let it be when thou hearest the sound of of a going in the tops of the mulberry trees, that then thou shalt bestir thyself. Notice that God didn't tell David to wait on the Lord to stir him up. God said, you stir yourself up. Amen. Amen. We wait on God to do it all, but we got to do our part. For then shall the Lord go out before thee to smite the host of the Philistines, and David did so as the Lord had commanded him and smote the Philistines from Geba until thou come to Gezer. Father in heaven, I love you. Pray your blessings upon the reading of thy word. Use us tonight as we preach to share not our own thoughts or our own ideas or our own philosophies, but God help us just to give out thus saith the Lord. Let your word do what your word does. Transform our lives, mold us and make us not into our own image, but into your likeness. And God, I pray tonight that 
Uh, Lord, you'd help us to get rid of the things we need to get rid of, do the things that we need to do in order that we might get a refreshing and an invigorating and a reviving. And Lord, if, we, if we're going to see breakthrough, we're going to have to do our part and trust you to do what you said you'll do. Honor your word, exalt your son tonight by way of your humbled servant. We'll praise you in advance. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, you know, we can say a lot about David, but I've kind of already set the stage, amen, how that uh, this text, uh, amen, this episode in David's life occurred shortly after he was anointed king over Israel. He had already conquered the city of Jerusalem, which was one of his greatest uh, successes. And then, in, uh, amen, these events are, are sandwiched right in between that event as well as chapter number 6 when he successfully returns the Ark of the Covenant unto Jerusalem. Uh, amen. But right smack dab in the middle of these two occasions, we see David encounter some opposition. Uh, amen. He, uh, the, en- the enemy didn't like what was going on in David's life. So the enemy decided to oppose David, to stir things up, and to try to intimidate the man of God, and to keep him from fulfilling his God-called duty as Israel's new king. But uh, again, I just want us to share some things with you tonight from these verses. I hope it will be a blessing to you. First of all, we find David's reputation, verse number 17. But when uh, the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, See, the Philistines weren't nearly as afraid of Saul as they were David because David had already developed a reputation in his life as being a a giant killer, amen? Uh, And he had already caused the Philistines a whole lot of problems and issues. And uh, amen, they knew David walked with God and they knew that David was capable of defeating them in battle just as he had so adeptly proven early on through his greater victories, he had a reputation of taking it to the enemy. And friend, I want to be that kind of person, don't you? You know, I'm afraid that too many times we as God's people uh, have spent all our time playing defense. And it's time for us to, to be on offense, amen. You know, the devil's been attacking the church. The devil's been attacking the people of God, and we've just taken it. You know, and you know, sometimes we just got to say enough's enough, and it's time to launch a counterattack. Amen. Uh, I don't want to be known as being a passive uh, uh, Christian. Amen. I want to be aggressive. I want to be, uh, amen. I, I want to be willing to put up a fight. Today's not the time for us to uh, stand around with our heads down in an attitude of defeat. God's looking for some soldiers, He's looking for some warriors. He's willing to. He's looking for people, Amen. Who'd be willing to put on their spiritual uh, boxing gloves, so to speak, and getting getting the ring with the enemy, Amen. Amen. That's right. I'd, I'd rather, uh, you know, kind of like Peter. Peter might have got a black eye for getting out of the boat, but he's, at least he he wasn't like that other crowd that was content to stay in the ship, Amen. Amen. I'd rather uh, get in the ring with the devil and get knocked down than I would. Uh, to stay on the sidelines, hallelujah. God needs some participators. He ain't looking for some spectators, but He's looking, uh, amen, for some people that would get involved 
and be willing to put up a fight for the Lord. Hallelujah. I won't charge you for that one. The Philistines' confrontation, and they came up to seek David. And because they had feared David, amen, because they viewed him as a threat, amen, David was on the devil's radar. Let me ask you tonight, are you on the devil's radar? Uh, amen, does the devil see you as a threat? Or, amen, when he hears your name, does he, amen, just laugh and say, he ain't never giving me a bit of trouble. You know, I tell you what, the devil's given me enough trouble in my lifetime. Uh, I want to return the favor. Uh, hallelujah. Amen. I want to be a fly in his ointment, so to speak. And they cho chose to confront him early on and before in their minds he had enough time to become strong enough to defeat them. And friend, I'm telling you, uh, this goes right along with some of the things we said this morning uh, specifically how that a lot of times we view opposition in our lives and conflict and frustrations and, uh, amen, opposition. And it, it seems like the harder we try, the, the more the devil tries his best to oppose us and to hinder us. And we want to turn around and say, oh my goodness, because I've, I've had a bad week or because things didn't go my way uh, the last few days or because, uh, amen, my freezer went out. Uh, hallelujah, I must be out of God's will. No, friend, that's probably an indication you're right where you need to be. Amen? Opposition is not uh, a sign uh, or an indication that we're not right with God, but it's a, most likely an indicator that we're on the right track. Amen? So listen, I don't want to uh, view, view myself as a, fa a failure just because the devil gives me a hard time every now and then. Right, amen. Hey, he gives, listen, praise God. I want to turn around and give him a hard time, hallelujah. Uh, but I don't need to do it by myself. I need the Lord's help. Now there's a location, and David heard of it. And he went down to the hole. What do you, you, you know, this is important, how we respond to trouble, right? We talked about the thermostat, the thermometer. Amen, how easily are you swayed or influenced? And how easy it would have been for, the, for David here to have, uh, amen, uh, you know, to have had the reaction, the response of Elijah when Jezebel threatened him after he won the great victory on the mountaintop. Uh, amen. Panic mode, so to speak, just like Elisha's servant at Dothan. Oh, Master, what shall we do? How do you respond when the devil uh, introduces trouble into your life? Amen? Well, David made the right response. He went down to the hold. Now, we might view this uh, as a step of fear, but I believe it was a step of faith. Now, what we must understand, uh, and, and I'm going to prove this to you here in a minute, scripturally speaking, uh, amen, the hold was a special place. It was a secret place that David went to on occasion to hide from his enemy uh, so that he might get along with God to refresh himself and to protect himself, especially he, when he was on the run uh, from Saul before he became king. Uh, amen. So when the Philistines came against David, the newly elected king went to the place that he was familiar with, a place where he could seek refuge, refreshment and guidance from the Lord his God. Uh, you know, when it comes to spirituality, location is important. 
You better have a place to go to when you need some help from the Lord. Amen? You need a hiding place. You need a storm shelter. You need a place of refuge. Amen? Because I'm telling you, uh, your flesh is not sufficient to win the battle against your enemy. You need a source of strength. You need to know when to head for the hills. Uh, amen. Look under the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from God. I'm talking about a hiding place, a secret place, a refuge and a stronghold to protect yourself from your enemies, just like Moses Amen. When he was up on the mountain alone with God, uh, amen, and he said, show me thy glory. And the Lord said, buddy, you better be careful what you ask for. Amen. You can't handle uh, a full revelation of my glory. He said, well, let me just see a portion. Let me just get a glimpse of your glory. Amen. And the Lord uh, provided him with a place. Amen. Uh, amen. Uh, he hid him in the cleft of the rock and he covered him with his hand and he passed by so that Moses could see his hinder parts. And when he come down off the mountain, his face shone with the glory of God. Amen. I believe God will provide you such a place, a secret place. Amen. Uh, amen. A place for you to get a spiritual invigoration and strength in your life to help you go just a little further on life's journey. We're going to talk more about that as we go on. Uh, amen. Uh, Psalm 91, verse number 1, one of my favorite psalms. He that dwelleth in the secret place. Amen. Are you thankful tonight for the secret place? Of the Most High shall abide in under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and thy buckler. Brethren, I'm telling you, God's truth, the truth of God's word, amen, that is our shield and that is our buckler. If you study the text, you'll see how that once David conquered Jerusalem, he began to fortify the city and make a fortification out of it. But honey, when the Philistines came against him, he knew that the place of protection wasn't within the confines of the fortified city, but it was in the secret place. It was in the hiding place, amen. Uh, and it was in that place of refuge, amen. Friend, you just need to know where to go when you get in trouble. Amen? Because I'm telling you, sooner or later you're going to get in trouble. You may, I said it this morning, you may be on the mountaintop tonight, but tomorrow you may be in the valley. Amen. Now there's a location. Verse number 18. The, the, the Bible says that the Philistines also came and spread themselves out in the valley of Rephaim. Rephaim re represents, are you listening to me tonight? A place of invigoration. A place of healing. A place of spiritual refreshing that alone comes from God. And that's what, the, that's what the secret place is. Even when the enemy is close and nearby, you can still be healed. You can be refreshed when you abide with God in your secret place where you hide your soul in the cleft of the rock. For David, it was the hold. What is it for you? Now, again, let me prove to you that the hold was this, spe this special place. 
Turn with me quickly tonight to 1 Chronicles chapter number 11. And I believe this text here in 1 Chronicles chapter number 11 uh, parallels what we're talking about here in 2 Samuel chapter number 5. Uh, amen. 1 Chronicles chapter number 11. Uh, amen. The, the quicker you turn, the quicker I quit preaching. Hallelujah. Amen. Have you found your place? Amen. Uncle Kenny says, oh yeah, I'm ready to get out of here. Hallelujah. 1 Chronicles chapter number 11 verse 15. Now three of the thirty captains went down to the rock. Uh, amen. I want to go to the rock, don't you? Uh, to David. We talked about the rock this morning. Hallelujah. Into the cave of Ajalon. And the host of the Philistines encamped in the valley of Rephaim. And David was then in the hold. Amen. He wasn't, uh, amen. At that moment, he wasn't out there being captain, being the big shot. Uh, amen. Being the, uh, amen, you know, he wasn't out there uh, showing off his crown as being the newly uh, appointed and anointed king in over Israel. Amen. He is in his hiding place. I'd say that God's people was getting a little nervous saying, where's the king at? Where's uh, our newly elected king? And David had pressure to be present and to make a personal appearance on the battlefield. But before he ever went to battle, he knew that he needed to spend some time alone with God. Friend, I'm telling you, I'm afraid we spend too much time fighting. Amen. And there's a time to fight, but there's a time to prepare for battle. And the place of preparation for battle is in the secret place, in the hiding place where you can get alone with God and, and, and amen, get nourished and, and become invigorated and to become, uh, amen, strengthened in your soul. A lot of us are fighting on half empty. Amen. We need to drink some spiritual Gatorade before we go to the battlefield. Hallelujah. And he was in the hold and the Philistines garrison. And I'm sure that there was people murmuring because David was new on the job. He hadn't done a whole lot to prove himself yet. Uh, amen. And, and maybe they were accusing him of being a coward. Uh, amen. Hiding out and afraid. Uh, 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 cowering in an attitude of fear when he should have been leading on the battlefield. But friend, a man who knows, a man who depends upon God is not a coward. Amen. A man who depends upon God is not uh, a man of cowardice. He's a man of courage. That's right. Why? Because our courage and our strength doesn't come from within, but it comes from without. Uh, amen. And David longed. And he said, Oh, that one would give me a drink of water of the well of Bethlehem. That is at the gate. Uh, now the problem is that the Philistines stood between David and the well of Bethlehem. Amen. So in order to get, hey, in order to get the blessing... They had to break through the enemy. <laughs> Amen. Can I say to you tonight that sometimes in order to uh, experience the blessing, you've got to break through, uh, amen, the barrier. That's right. I feel like preaching tonight. That is the gate and the three break through the host of the Philistines. Isn't that great? 
See, at this point in time, David wasn't able to break through the enemy, but somebody that loved him and cared enough was willing to intercede and break through on his behalf. Amen. The host of the Philistines and drew water out of the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate and took it and brought it to David. But David would not drink of it, but poured it out to the Lord. And he said, My God forbid it me that I should do this thing. Shall I drink the blood of these men that have put their lives in jeopardy? For with the jeopardy of their lives they brought it. Therefore he would not drink it. These th- things did these three, three mightiest. Amen. David's mighty men. And if you know the backdrop of the story, you know that these are the men that, that, that rallied around David uh, when he was being besieged by Saul. At that point in time, the most dangerous place in all the land to be was with David. Because David had a bounty on his head. He was the most wanted man in all the land, amen. But yet there were still people, amen, who rallied around the king. They come to his aid. David was in the the the, the, the hold. He was, uh, amen, he was a caveman, praise God. But God meant, brought a group of people to his aid that stood by his side. They were faithful to him when nobody else was. Listen, God will put surround you with who you need to do his work. Amen? You know, a lot of times we think that we're alone. That was part of Elijah's problem. He said, I'm the only one left. But yet God had to show him, you wasn't. These men, that's just hiding out. Amen? But friend, there are still, and Dad mentioned it earlier, hey, we're not alone. God still has a remnant in America. That's the only thing that I believe it's keeping fire and brimstone from falling on us in the first place is because there is still a remnant of people who love God. Amen? Uh, amen. And we are serving as the buffer and the barrier of destruction uh, up in and upon this country. Amen. But they broke through. When David needed refreshing and invigorating, three of David's mighty men were willing to put forth an extra amount of effort to help provide the king with that which he stood in need of. Now, it doesn't surprise me if they were willing to break through the enemy to get some water for themselves. But to do it for somebody else, they were willing to take a risk. They were willing to to put forth uh, an extra effort, not because they needed water, but because their king, uh, that they were loyal and, and, and trustworthy and committed to, he was thirsty, so they were willing to do whatever they had to do, amen, to refresh him. You know, the truth of the matter is, there's times in my life when I need refreshing. There's, there's times in my life to where my spiritual gas tank's running low. But here's the thing. There's times when I'm doing just fine, but when Uncle Kenny's not doing so well. Or when Jesse, amen, uh, needs, uh, needs some water, hallelujah. Am I willing to go the extra mile, uh, amen, to invigorate and to refresh uh, other brothers and sisters in Christ who stand in need? Friend, I'm telling you, the battle's tough. Where we're at today, uh, amen, we've not passed this way heretofore, amen. We, uh, I'm telling you, the, 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 as far as our lifetimes are concerned, uh, amen, the, the, the road is steeper than it's ever been. And from time to time, uh, some of us are going to become weary in well-doing. Uh, amen, and when I, uh, amen, when I see Brother William stumble and... and Amen. Uh, become weary and wants to lay down and take a rest. That's when I need to kick, give him a kick in the proverbial tail, so to speak, and encourage him 
to, to, to continue on in the journey of faith. We need each other. The Bible says in, I believe it's 2 Corinthians chapter number 1, that we are to comfort ourselves as we ourselves have been comforted by God. Amen? Sometimes I'm not the one needing, needing water, but my brother or sister is the one. See, if I am going to expect somebody else to refresh and to encourage and invigorate my, my life and, and myself during the time of need, I need to be willing to do it for them. Brethren, we can't, listen, the Christian life was never meant to be lived in an isolated manner. Now listen, sometimes, sometimes uh, I want to get out of the public life. And sometimes, uh, listen, before I get into the public, I need to spend time alone with God in private. But we need each other. You hear me tonight? If David needed his mighty men, then so do we. And when, when, when we see somebody that, that stands in need of refreshing, we need to be willing to fight. Sometimes I can't fight the enemy on my own. Some, sometimes I need somebody else to be willing to fight with me and fight for me. You know, I'm afraid that's a lot of time, that's a lot of the reason that we're wounded in battle and we're being defeated, amen, and we turn tail and run because we feel like we're fighting alone and nobody else is willing to fight with us, amen. Praise God, hallelujah. Amen. But, but God surrounded David with the men that he needed. See, David's breakthrough didn't just come by himself, but it came with the help and the aid of others who loved and cared enough to do whatever had to be done to help him uh, get breakthrough. Amen. Uh, you say, what is that? that? That's an intervention. Right? There is such a thing as spiritual intervention interceding on behalf of somebody else. That's right. You say, well, I just don't want to get involved. Get over it. God's called you to get involved. Amen. That's something that Brother Roberts taught me early as a pastor. You know, a lot of times, well, I just want to mind my own business. Hey, sometimes you need to make it your business. That's right. David's petition. Verse number 19, And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up to the Philistines? Wilt thou deliver them into mine hand? As you study David's life, and there's a book that I've read, Brother Roberts recommended it for me, it's The, the Making of a Man of God. And it basically chronologues the life of David and shows how that God took him for a little ruddy boy on the backside of his, of his father's pasture, amen, tending the sheep, and God turned him into a mighty warrior. Amen. And, and, and pretty much just goes through that journey. But one thing you'll find with David is anytime he got in a mess, it's because he didn't inquire of the Lord. As long as he was inquiring of the Lord and seeking God's advice and allowing God to order his steps, he did fine. Friend, I want, you know, the, the thing is, and this story shows us a good indication how that there is a time to stand still. And there's a time to move forward. See, the first time God told David to move forward, but the second occasions that the Philistines came against him, God told David to stand still. And if David had a chance of, of experiencing victory and breakthrough in his life, he had to be close enough to God to hear his voice when God said move forward versus when he told him to stand still. Amen? Uh, but on the first occasion, God told him to move forward. 
Amen. And uh, David, uh, amen, was humble enough to realize that before he moved forward for God, he needed to seek God's face and make sure that God's will was to move forward. Friend, the worst thing you can do is to move forward without seeking advice from the Lord. Spending time in prayer, making sure, amen, that God really does want you to move forward, amen. Uh, Israel's failure at Ai is a prime example of this. They, they, God told them at Jericho, move forward. But at Ai, they moved forward without seeking the face of God. And what they didn't realize is that there were some things that they needed to get right with God before they moved forward. Amen. We must not allow a past or previous victory in our life to cause us to relax. We talked about that this morning. How that a lot of times we experience victory in our lives, so we just kind of take it easy. Friend, you can't afford to, to rest and relax for a moment in this life because the devil's just looking for you, amen, to be delinquent on it. You know, you go, listen, you know, you go, you go one day without prayer and without being faithful. You, you spend one day without uh, taking the time to go into the hold and seek God's face through prayer and Bible study, and you'll, go, you'll regress a mile. Amen? Uh, listen, the downhill slope is a lot easier than the uphill slope. And when it comes to getting close to God, that's an uphill battle. But when it comes to going away from God, it's like sliding down the slippery slope, brother. Amen? Uh, we, cannot, we cannot afford to let our guard down one single day. Because listen, all the devil is looking for is a chink in your armor. He's just looking for a gap. Uh, amen, in the battle lines, and he's going to attack you, and he's going to assault you, and before you know it, you've let him in. And he's going to wreak havoc in your life. Amen. You know, uh, Brother William did a wonderful job preaching last Sunday night on the ark. I really enjoyed that. But he, as he was preaching about that, of course, as it related to my message Sunday morning, I thought about this, and, and I know I'm kind of getting, but I'm talking about presumption, just presuming. Uh, amen. Taking steps and making decisions without seeking God's face. But you know, one thing the Bible says is that in the last days, you know, there are going to be scoffers walking after their lust. But listen, one of the assumptions that are going to be made in the last days, you say, preacher, how does this tie in? I'm not sure, but I'm giving it to you because I, I believe that's what the Lord would have me to do. It says, where's the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, listen, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. You know what that is? That's presumption. Just presuming that because things have always been a certain way, they're always going to be a certain way. And brother, that's not the case. Amen. All right, we'll move on. The Lord's affirmation, verse 19 and the Lord said unto David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into thine hand. See, again, on the first occasion, God's will for David, after he sought the mind of God, was for him to move forward. And God promised him. You know, David's actions, the steps that he made, the decisions that he made, his directions were based upon the promises that God gave him from His Word. Amen. We'll, we'll say more about that in a moment. Now David's designation, and he came to Baal-perazim, and he smote them there 
and said, The Lord hath broken forth upon mine enemies before. Isn't that God? God give David a breakthrough. But it wasn't David that got the breakthrough. It was the Lord that did it for him. As the breach of waters, therefore he called the name of that place Baal Perazim. Now again, uh, amen. In the original language, Baal Perazim means a place of breakthrough. Isn't that wonderful? And what we need today in our world is breakthrough. But the word breakthrough itself suggests, listen, that there is a barrier and a, uh, amen, uh, a, an obstacle that stands in our way that must be broken through in order for us to obtain victory. Amen. See, the, before the Lord ever gives a breakthrough, there will always be a barrier, a boundary, a wall, a mountain, an enemy or a troop that must be broken through. Amen. See, what happens, a lot of times we don't want to deal with what needs to be dealt with. Uh, the things in our lives that need to be dealt with in order for us to experience the blessings. I mean, we don't want to deal with the barriers. Uh, amen. And because we don't deal with the barriers, we miss out on the blessings. I'm glad Jesus dealt with the barrier of sin. Because if He hadn't dealt with what needed to be dealt with, I would never experience the blessing of salvation. But friend, I'm telling you, the devil's going to put some barriers up in your life. And it can be many things. I mean, it can be, uh, it can be, uh, it can be sin, right? Uh, I mean, it can be, it can be, um, it can be a bad habit. There's just so many things that can serve, can serve as a barrier in your life. Uh, amen, a form of opposition, an obstacle. But what we want to do is instead of dealing with a breakthrough, we want to be satisfied on the other side. Amen? And because we're satisfied on the other side, we miss out on the blessing that waits us on the other side of the breakthrough. Church, the church needs breakthrough. Amen? Uh, but what to the enemy is a barrier to the people of God represents a blessing and a breakthrough. Amen. The devil has put all kinds of barriers in our way, such as division, distraction, discouragement. In order to achieve victory, we've got to have breakthrough. Breakthrough requires determination. It requires great effort and an exertion of great energy to acquire it. Whether or not you break through depends on how bad you want to break through. See, that's a problem today. We don't want the blessing as much. Uh, as we need to want it in order to, to experience it. You got to be willing to go the second mile. You got to go over and beyond the call of duty to do whatever it takes to achieve a breakthrough. In Psalm 18 29, the psalmist wrote, For by thee I have run through a troop, and by my God have I leaped over a wall. Caleb had to climb a mountain to defeat the giant in order to obtain his inheritance. Right? So now David's eradication, and there they left their images, and David and his men burned him. Here's one of the here's one of the barriers, one of the obstacles. It's those idols. The idols had to be dealt with, and notice that when David dealt with the idols, Amen. He didn't just hide them like like they did Jacob, right? He burned them. Amen. He didn't just put a, put them aside. Uh, for a little while until they raised their ugly head again later on. 
He dealt with them once and for all so that they would never be a bother to Him again. The idols had to be removed. Uh, Amen. Uh, What is it that's standing in between you and breakthrough tonight? What's more important tonight, sin or breakthrough? Right? What is it in your life? Is it uh, it some worldly uh, ambition or some distraction that the devil has put in your life to uh, hinder you and to keep you from experiencing the best of God's blessings? If we're going to have breakthrough, we've got to get rid of the idols. Because God will not give breakthrough as long as there's idols standing in the way. Uh, Now there's a Philistine's determination. Amen. Sometimes God don't give you breakthrough the first time. Amen. Uh, You know, there's something to be said about spiritual persistence. Right? Uh, Amen. Praying persistently and continuously until we obtain breakthrough. Verse 22, And the Philistines came up yet again and spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim. Just like we said this morning, the devil won't quit. You may quit, but Satan won't. He will not give up easily. You might, but he won't, brother. See, the reason we don't have revival and breakthrough in our lives is because it means more to the enemy to keep us out of the blessing than it does for us to inherit it. He's more persistent to keep us out than we are to get through. Amen. See, we we got to match the devil's intensity and be as determined to overcome him as he is to overcome us. Right? See, that's the problem today. The devil wants it wants to the devil wants to take our loved ones to hell more than we do than we want to see them saved. It's like spiritual tug of war. Who wants it more? Right? It's kind of like in a ball game, there's such thing as momentum. In order for you to, to overcome the momentum, you must, uh, you must match the other team's intensity. And that's the problem. The devil's got the momentum and we're just letting him roll all over us instead of taking a stand and saying, enough is enough! And we won't want it more than he does. Now there's a repetition. And when David inquired of the Lord, how easy it would have been for him to just presume that the answer in the first situation was going to be the same as the second situation. Uh, amen. But David continued to let the Lord order and guide the steps and the decisions of his life. And because he did, because David sought God's face, the Lord revealed his will. You know, so many times, you know, the most frequent question that I've received down through the years in ministry is how do I know God's will? Seek His face. (laughs) Right? But what we do is we just want God to just reveal it to us on a a billboard or on the back of of an 18-wheeler. That is not the way to, to, to discover God's will for your life. If you want to know God's will for your life, and if you want to experience that place of spiritual breakthrough in your life, amen, you got to be you got to make a determined effort to seek the face of God. Amen. Uh, he inquired of the Lord again. You say, well, I did it once. Well, are you willing to do it again? Are you willing? Are you willing? Uh, or are you as willing? Uh, are you willing? Help me, Lord, to get the words right tonight. Are you willing to be as persistent in your inquisition 
as the devil is in his opposition. Isn't that good? Are we as determined, uh, are we willing to be as determined in our inquisition of the Lord's will as the devil is in his opposition? This is a spiritual warfare. It's a spiritual struggle. Amen. And if we're going to experience victory in our lives, and if we're going to experience spiritual breakthrough, amen, we've got to be more determined than the devil is. That's right. Now, I'm not discounting the Lord's part because without Him, we're wasting our time. I don't care how persistent we are. Amen. What was the Lord's instructions? He said, Thou shalt not go up. Instead of move forward, now's the time to wait. Amen. Say, preacher, what's David doing? He's exercising discernment. Do you know what you need in your life more than anything else? You need wisdom and discernment. Amen. And the only way you're going to get it is to seek the Lord's face. It's not going to be by seeking after a witch of Endor like Saul did and like so many people in our day fooling with the occult in the name of Christianity. Amen. You need to get your nose dug deep into your Bible. Stay. There's no magic formula or solution to this, friend. Amen. Spiritual wisdom and discernment comes solely by seeking God's face on your knees and in His Word. You help me preach tonight. Well, here's the instruction. He said, Thou shalt not go up, but fetch a compass <laughs> behind them and come upon them over against the mulberry trees. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The Lord commanded David for a few things. Here's what the instructions consisted of. First of all, he was to wait on God. You know, sometimes that's all... Sometimes we mess up because we get ahead of God. Anybody ever blown it because you got ahead of God? You weren't willing to wait Him out? That's, what, that's how Saul lost the kingdom. Amen. Instead of waiting on Samuel, he presumptuously performed uh, uh, amen, uh, rituals that he was not permitted to be a part of. God commanded David to wait. And he would have never experienced the, the wind going through the mulberry trees if he had not first waited on God. But then he told him to fetch a compass. When's the last time you fetched your compass? Yeah, man, God's giving me a compass tonight. Amen. A lot of times we want to seek out. Listen, you know what will help you more than uh, advice from Dr. Phil or Oprah? Or seeking after the, the horoscopes and the astrologers, Amen. Amen. That's what a lot of. Do you know that's that's. Do you know that's a whole lot of what's being promoted behind so-called pulpits, Christian occultism, Christian magic, Christian mysticism. Friend, it's out of the pits of hell. Amen. There's no shortcuts into knowing God's will and experiencing breakthrough in your life. Amen. You don't need to go through some. Uh, amen. Uh, you don't need to, to go through some, some wizard, Christian wizard, promote witchcraft in the name of Christianity to pronounce a spelling over you and perform some Eastern mystic, mystical hocus-pocus on your life. Amen. That's, 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 that's hellish. But people are falling for it in our day hook, line, and sinker. You say, preacher, what is the antidote? What is the cure? Amen. Go fetch your compass. Amen. 
That's right. Seek God's face. Stay on your knees. Get in the book and God will give you breakthrough. That's good preaching even if I am doing it. But listen, sometimes we got to wait before we move forward. The compass represents God's Word. And we're going to talk about the mulberry trees in just a moment. David's indication, verse number 24. I know some of you are getting nervous. Boy, I wish you'd preached a little longer this morning so I could have got out on time tonight. Don't hold your breath. Verse 24. What they call me? They call me the Pharaoh preacher. Huh? That's right. That's what they call Let my people go. Forget about it. Yeah, man. Some of you ain't laughing. Praise God. Amen. Now there's an indication, let it be, when thou hearest the sound of a going in the tops of the mulberry trees. Sound represents wind. Wind represents the Holy Ghost. Now I'm a Baptist, but I believe in the Holy Spirit of God because it's a Bible truth. And we don't need to let the charismatics rob us of the thunder, of the power of God's Holy Spirit. But let me tell you tonight that the Holy Spirit works parallel and in cooperation with God's Word. And the Holy Ghost is never going to lead you to do something that is contradicted by what the Bible says. Yeah, man. See, prayer, God's Word, and the Holy Spirit are all evident in David's breakthrough. His time of refreshment and and the restrengthening and revival that he needed from God. Amen. You had to have... Uh, amen. You had to have, uh, you had to seek God's face. You had to have prayer. You had to have the compass. And that's our part. Amen. We got to do our part and trust. Listen, God will send the Holy Ghost when you get on your knees and when you stay in the book. But today, we want to take the short route. We want to push the easy button and work it up in the name of the Holy Spirit. And what it is is a replicant, artificial. It's fake. We're, set, we're settling with the fake rather than the real thing. But when we pray and use the compass to guide us, He'll send the Holy Spirit to refresh, invigorate, encourage, and revive and give us the breakthrough. Man, that's what we need tonight. That's what I need in my life. I need a breakthrough. Amen. I, I, amen. I need a refreshing. I need an invigorating but I can't expect God to do it all for me. I've got to be willing to do my part. I've got to scratch out some time in the hole, get down in the cave. Before I ever go to battle in public, I've got to spend time uh, with my, the Lord my God privately in the secret place. And then He'll send the wind. Now, mulberry trees means the tree of weeping. That's what it means. And it was a tree that distilled a gummy, a sappy, or a sticky substance. (laughs) Oh, y'all's messing up a good message tonight. When we pray and use our compass, God will furnish the oil and the gum and the sap of His Holy Spirit. Amen, praise God. But now here's the requirement. Verse 24, then thou shalt bestir thyself. Isn't that good? Amen. 1 Samuel 36, And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him. Amen. They had burned the city and taken all the women and children. They turned on the man of God. Hallelujah. 
But what he, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. See, it wasn't just God's responsibility to stir David up and encourage David. But listen, friends, sometimes we've got to take the initiative and we've got to encourage ourselves and we've got to stir ourselves up. And then God will send the wind. But again, the best way to do it is be fervent in prayer. Follow your compass. And be faithful to the place where God tends to send the wind. You say, preacher, where's that? That's the house of God. Amen. People say, I I want the wind, but they ain't willing to darken the doors of God's house. They want to talk about the Holy Ghost, but they ain't been seen in the church house in in two years. Amen. There'll be no wind without obedience. David's companion, for then shall the Lord go out before thee to smite the host of the Philistines. He wouldn't have to face or fight the Philistines on his own, but God would go with him. Realization, and he did so. That's important. See, David would never have experienced breakthrough if he hadn't have done so. What the Lord said. And he smote the Philistines from Geba until thou come to Gezer. See, because he did what God commanded him to do, God did for David what he promised he'd do. God, God's promise was conditioned upon David's obedience. Sometimes the Lord's faithfulness to us depends upon our faithfulness to Him. Amen? I ain't talking about salvation. I'm talking about spiritual blessings. He'll do what He says He'll do as long as we do what He tells us to do. Conditional versus unconditional promises that God made. Now there's an application. I end with this tonight. Man, I've had fun preaching. I I, I mean, this ought to make a Baptist uh, have a Holy Ghost spell. Praise God. Amen. Because this is what God will do. God, Listen, this is just a type and a picture of what God will do in our lives. And it's so simple that we miss it. Amen. We're looking for some microwave revival. Based on emotion, pumping it up and priming it up, dolling it up and dressing it up, but it's fake. It's empty. It's false. Amen? You can't expect God to revive you, uh, amen, when you neglect your Bible study. When you're not faithful in your prayer life. When you you are unfaithful to the house of God. God ain't going to revive that mess. But when we do what God tells us to do, we won't have to worry about revival. God will revive our, and refresh our souls as the wind blows through the mulberry trees of our lives. Let me give you the application. Psalm 84, 5-7, through 7, listen to this tonight. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, in whose heart are the ways of them, who passing through the valley of Baca. And the Baca is the same foundational word of mulberry trees. Y'all hear me tonight? Who passing through the valley of Baca, notice it was a valley. It wasn't a mountain. It was the valley of Baca. And God made it a well. That the rain also filleth the pools. They go from strength to strength. In other words, increasing their strength. Every one of them in Zion appeareth before God. Baca means weeping. A valley of weeping. The mulberry trees. They were trees that wept. All right? They were trees that wept or gave up a sap or a balm of refreshment to those who were, in, who were dry and needed to.
to be stirred up by God. God will take your valley of weeping and turn it into a well and a reservoir of provision. Amen. We, this is the same principle we studied about Dothan. Dothan, amen, certainly was the place to where Elisha was surrounded by the enemy. And his servant said, oh Lord, what shall we do? They were on the mountain. He was down in the valley. But it was also the same place that Jacob, or excuse me, Joseph was put in a pit, pit by his brothers at Dothan. It was a pit. God turned, took the valley. And God took the valley and turned it into a victory. Amen. God took, uh, amen, that valley of weeping. Anybody ever been through the valley of weeping? And he turned it in. He filled it up with water and turned it into a well of provision. Amen. As the sap of those mulberry trees just oozed and dripped. And f amen. When it was all said and done, then I believe the valley was overflowing. <laughs> My cup overflows. Let God, hey, amen. God can do that in your life, but He's not going to do it. Again, by some false magician waving a magic wand and commanding God to do things that God that are contrary to what, it, what, what the Bible says. Amen. We just got to follow the compass. There ain't no Holy Spirit apart from the compass. Stay on our knees. Say, preacher, I need a refreshing. Is that the challenge tonight? From the pulpit. Do you know what you can't? You can't make it through life without wind and without sap. And that's what a lot of God's people are dehydrated spiritually. We're running on fumes. Our gas tank's on empty. And we want to blame it on the valley. I, I am the way I am because of what I'm going through. I am the way that I'm at. I, I am where I am the way that I am tonight because of where I'm at and what I'm going through. No. Because where, you are, where you're at in the valley is a place that God wants to turn into a well. God's blessings is not dependent upon location or circumstance. God can fill you up and make your cup overflow with wind, with oil, with sap. Amen. So that, but but, but you got to go to the source, and what you got to have in order to have wind and sap, you got to you got to have your compass. You got to you got to go to the to the cave. To the hold, to the secret place, to the high. So again, it goes back to the very first statement that we made tonight, and that is we're where we're at. Wherever our spirit, we have nobody else to blame for our spiritual condition tonight but ourselves. Spiritually speaking, we're exactly where we want to be. Because God's ability and faithfulness to provide for us is not dependent upon our circumstances. Amen. Why? Because He's just as much a God of the valley as He is a God of the mountain. Let's all stand tonight. Father, I've done my best to preach. And God, I pray that You would help the preacher to claim the blessings of this message. I'm not preaching prosperity gospel. I'm not giving name it, claim it. It's not easy. It's hard. The devil's going to fight and claw to keep us from experiencing breakthrough in our lives. Lord, he's going to, he wants to keep us out of, out of Baca. <laughs> Amen.
because he knows God's going to take that valley and it's, he's going to turn it into uh, a reservoir of oil, water, and sap to feed our thirsty souls. God, I love you tonight. But God, it's one thing for us to be a hearer of thy word. It's another thing to be a doer of the word. God, we cannot make it through this world without you. And Lord, I'm saved, so I have you. But Lord, I've got to have nourishment. I've got to have strength. I've got to have a fresh infilling of your spirit each and every day of my life. Lord, I'm sealed by your spirit. I'm indwelt by your spirit. And God, I've got as much of the spirit as I want. But if I'm going to access it, I've got to go to the right place and do the right thing. And the right thing is to pray. The right place is the hold, the secret place, the hiding place. It's not fighting out in front of the enemy. Before I ever fight the battle, I've got to prepare myself or I'm going to be defeated. God, help us to examine ourselves to see where we're at and just exactly what is our spiritual condition. And Lord, I think all of us could do better than what we, where, than what we do and where we're at tonight. Lord, our church needs a breakthrough. God, I need a breakthrough in my life. But Lord, I can have it, and you'll give it. But Lord, I can't wait for you to stir me up. I've got to stir myself up. I can't wait for you to encourage me. I've got to encourage myself in the Lord. But Lord, when I see a brother or sister in Christ that is in need of refreshing, Help me to do whatever I have to do, not only to get water for myself, but to be willing to press through the crowd so that I might help my loved ones. Lord, I love you tonight, and I pray that this might have been a blessing to your people. Blessed during the invitation. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said amen. If you need to come, the altar's open. As she plays, he hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock.